Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. We still love you and we still, uh, we, we miss you, right? We really do uh, miss people. <laughs> uh, it, it's just, it, you know, I was telling my wife this week, for an introvert, and I am an introvert, uh, I really miss crowds. I miss going to restaurants. I miss going to the movies and just being out in public. You know, I, I, and, and I know that very soon we're going to have uh, such a great celebration when we come back and when this is all over. Um, and it's, we're going we're gonna to rejoice together and we might hug each other and, and give actual high fives and it's going to be glorious. Amen. So just, just wait for that day. It is coming. I know this is taking us a little bit of time to, to get adjusted to what feels like uh, a kind of a temporary new normal. And, and uh, maybe some of you have found yourself asking some questions this week or re- recently. When is this going to end? When things going to go back to normal? When can I go back to work? When can I go back to the office? When, for the love of God, when can my kids go back to school? Right? If my, I mean, if, if, my, if Corona don't get me, my sanity might get me with kids running around and everything. And this is a time where perhaps you've been praying. Every church has been praying. I've been seeing live streams from so many churches. I mean, we are, we, we are, the body of Christ is really rising up in this time. And our church, specifically, we have been praying, if you follow us on social media, uh, we have been praying nearly every night uh, this, this week. Uh, uh, some of our leaders have been uh, taking the initiative to uh, be, be praying for different things, and, and we're going to continue that this week, uh, again, at 7 p.m. And, uh, but maybe in your prayers, in your personal prayer time, you've been asking God for some things. And maybe one of the things that you're looking for right now is, is a miracle. You're looking for a miracle in this season. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. I want to talk a little bit about the topic of, of miracles and, and what are they and, and, and how do they happen and, and, and when do they happen. If only we had a formula for miracles. If only we knew exactly what it took to get that miracle that we've been asking God for. If only we knew that it took a certain amount of hours in prayer and in fasting and spiritual proximity. And maybe if I just had a little bit more faith, if all of that was what was required to obtain a miracle, I think we would see miracles more and more often because we do have people of faith. You can't tell me that my grandma didn't have faith. You can't tell me that my Walita didn't have faith. You can't tell me that my mom, my dad don't have faith. We have people of faith. We have people who know how to get close to God and, and who can get on their knees and can pray and can fast. We have, we, we, we have a church that knows how to seek God's face. But the reality is, and you'll find this in the scriptures, there's no formula for miracles. There's no formula for miracles. The truth is, If you look at the scriptures, Jesus did miracles in and out of people's faith. He did miracles for those who had an abundance of faith. He did miracles in the midst of those who had none. He did miracles for those who knew him personally and loved him and followed him. He also did miracles in in front of those who didn't have a relationship with him. So there's really no set answer for that question, how 
do I get my miracle? And if someone ever criticizes you because you decided to undergo some type of uh, treatment for a sickness that you had, and they said, hey, God isn't going to heal you because you don't have enough faith to just depend on him. I want you to tell that person, hey, your theology is off. It's off. Because there are no set rules for how do I get my miracle. And I know we wish we had a formula. I know that the world right now is looking for a miracle. And so the question is, how do we as a church, how do we make people see Jesus even when they can't see a miracle. There's a question right now that I've been, I've, I've already been seeing it. I mean, we're on what, week three of this thing, and, and I've already seen this miracle, uh, I'm sorry, this question pop up of, of where is God? And if God is all-powerful, and if God can do these things, why hasn't he? If God is the God of the miraculous, where is the miracle? And this is one topic that I think Christians don't fully understand the topic of miracles. I don't think that we can fully understand it. Yet it's one of those things that we ask for all the time, where we're always asking for miracles. And, and, and when miracles do happen, they don't happen as often as we would like them to happen. One thing that we have to understand is that miracles, they're not supposed to be common. They're not, if they were common, they wouldn't be miracles. If they were common, they wouldn't have that wow factor. They would lose that wow factor, the very thing that makes it a miracle. If they were common, they would be natural. And by definition, a miracle is a supernatural occurrence. I think the word miracle is one of those words that has just kind of been diluted a lot. Kind of like the word love. Sometimes Layla cleans her room and she shows me and I'm like, wow, what a miracle. You actually did that. Or you found out that that person who you never thought would find love, they're finally getting married, and you're like, man, what a miracle. Those are miracles. Miracles defy the normal. They defy the possible. It's a miracle to walk on water because that can't naturally happen. It's a miracle to raise dead men to life. It's a miracle for an incurable disease to find a cure. Those are miracles. And now when we look through the scriptures, we see a lot of miracles, right? And, and, and the reason that we see so many miracles is because of the significance that the miracles played in God's story. We also see miracles performed in the Old Testament and in the New Testament as a means to display divine authority. It was the, the miracle of the parting of the Red Sea that told the surrounding nations of Israel that the God of Israel is the one true living God, all-powerful, and he is not to be messed with. It was the miracle that Jesus did at the wedding feast where he turned water into wine that debuted his authority and divinity for everyone to see. There are tons of miracles in the Bible, and, and one question that we often hear is, is, why do we see so many miracles in the Bible but not enough today? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Has someone ever asked you that question? I get that question a lot as a pastor. And and, and one of the most popular answers, I don't think is the best answer. And that's that people back then had more faith than than we do today. Maybe that's true for some. But I don't think that's the right answer. I don't think that the reason we see more miracles in the scriptures is because We've lost our faith. I think that we focus on the miracles because they're there. 
They're recorded in the scriptures. So because they're there and you open up the Bible and you see that God did some incredible thing, we're drawn to them. But we fail to think about the periods of silence. We fail to think about the dry seasons. We fail to remember that there were 400 years between the last prophet of Israel and and John the Baptist where God stepped back and didn't speak anything. We fail to forget those things. And so when I think about all this, I, I wonder that for every one miracle that there was in the Bible, how many miracles did not happen? For every miracle that God did, For every healing that there was, how many people asked for a healing and didn't receive it? How many people, instead of getting cured, got more sick? How many people called out and didn't receive an answer? We cannot examine God, church, on the basis of the miraculous. Because he has done these things, because he is the God of impossible things, and and because of what he has done in the past, that's why he's God. No, no, no. He is bigger than what he has done. And if we take away every miracle that God has ever done, you know what that still makes him? God. It still makes him God. He is still God with or without the miracle. He is still God with or without the healing, with or without the blessing, because God is not defined by what he has done or by what he can do or by what you want him to do. He is defined by who he is. What did he tell Moses when Moses was, was, uh, he was unsure of what to tell the Israelites. And he said, God, what do I tell these people? And he says, I want you to tell them that I am who I am. Tell them that's who sent me. God didn't give Moses a resume. God didn't say, tell them, well, these are the things that I've done in the past, so that's why they should trust me. Tell them that I'm the creator of of the cosmos, and that's why they should believe in me. He just said, I am who I am. Tell them who I am, not what I've done. And so we have to determine how we are going to worship God, on what basis is it going to be on? Is it going to be based on what we think he can do, or what we know he can do, or what we want him to do, or what he's done in the past, or simply by who he is? That's the question this morning. Because the truth is, if we look around and people look around, people who don't know God like, like we do, they're asking this question. Why should I worship a God who allows tragedy to happen? Well, we don't worship God on the basis of what he's doing, but who he is. <clears throat> and so the way that the Christian advances and his or her faith, the way that we're brought into spiritual maturity. And this is something that we have to teach new Christians, new people, because a lot of times when, when, when they come to Christ, they're fired up and then something happens and they're doubting God. And so the way that we get past that is, is, is not by looking for the miracle. It's by looking at God who is there regardless of whether the miracle is present. Revival doesn't come by looking at the miracle. Belief may come by looking at the miracle. Marvel may come. The, 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 the scripture said that anytime Jesus did a, a miracle, all those who were watching marveled at what he had done. Gratitude may come as a result of the miracle, but true revival comes by looking at God, not the miracle. And I wonder, what if, what if the people of God right now, all across this world, all across this nation, are being tested 
in the moments where we ask for a miracle, we ask for a healing, we ask for a blessing, we ask for that thing, but it doesn't come. What if it's a test? Can we still worship the same way? Can we still rejoice? Can we still be glad in him? Because the miracle may not come. And I know that's not a popular message. The popular ones are the, the ones that get all the amens and the, the hallelujahs are the ones where the preacher's like, God is about to do. God is going to bring your blessing. God is going to make it happen. What, what if there is no miracle, at least not in the way that, that you expect it to come? What if? And saying that a miracle might not come is not being faithless. It's not being cynical. It's just it's being real. Your miracle may not come, but it doesn't mean that God stops being God. And I want to take you to Mark chapter 15, verses 29 through 32. Mark 15, 29 through 32. It says, and those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, aha, you who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. So also the chief priests with the scribes mocked him, saying to one another, he saved others, but he cannot save himself. Let the Christ, the king of Israel, come down from the cross that we may see and believe. You see that? A miracle can cause someone to believe. And it's so easy for us to think, well, God, if you were just just to stop this virus, if you just like canceled it by the very breath of your voice, if you just said, hey, end it and it ended, people would see and they would believe and they would know everything that we've been preaching is absolutely true. And we, 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 we like make a case for God, like, God, if you just did this, they would know that you're God, you know? And like, like, like he doesn't already know that. If, if you just did the miracle, they would know. This problem of disbelief, this problem of people not believing you, this problem of, of people rejecting you and the world not loving you, it would all be solved if they just saw it and then they believed it. <clears throat> but sometimes, church, many times, in fact, most times, it's not about what you can see but rather what you can believe apart from what you can see. And sometimes that means seeing God is there without seeing the miracle. Sometimes that that means believing that God has not left you, even though it feels like he has left you. Sometimes that means that, that even though the blessing that you've been asking for may not be coming, God is still there and he is still your provider. Imagine being there on the day that Christ was crucified. I want you just to, I just want you to think about that for a moment. A little over 2,000 years ago. Imagine being there at the scene where our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, was being crucified. And at first, you're not even worried. You might be a little bit nervous because that's natural, but you're not too worried. You're not fearful because you know who this is. You know, you remind yourself, this is the son of God. This is the one who can do all things. He can defeat this cross. He can do it. And that's my prayer. Anytime I'm looking for a miracle, I'm like, God, I know you can do this. 
It's like, <laughs> it's like I'm trying to encourage him. Like, God, I know you could do it, right? Just, just do it, right? I know, I know that, that the blessing can come. I know that this problem isn't too big for you. I know it. And, and so maybe those who were with Jesus that day, and there were only a few who were truly with him, maybe they had a little bit of, of hope that he would defeat the cross. They're nervous, but, but they're hopeful. Oh, and this, is, this is Jesus. He's about to do something, something crazy, man. And the whole world is going to finally know. And everyone who rejected him and everyone who mocked him and everyone who has been just torturing him and, and putting the, 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 the crown of thorns on his head, they're going to finally know that everything that he said about himself was true. I bet, man, I bet something is about to happen right now. Let's just watch. But then they set him on the cross. And then they, they pierce his hands with nails. And then they pierce his feet with nails. And then they set him upright on the cross. And he can barely breathe. And then they break his legs so that he could die quicker. And then you're thinking, man, okay, if there's any time for a miracle, it's now. Like time is of the essence. Jesus, if you are going to get down from that cross, because I know you can do it, just do it so that they can believe and, and, and we could be in, in, in peace and, and everyone could, uh, you can be everyone's king. Just do it, God. And then his last breath and he's gone. And there was no miracle that day. In church, there will be days, there will be weeks, there will be seasons where a miracle doesn't come. Like, you know, like we've been saying all week, God is able to do all things. You believe that? You believe that God can do all things? You believe that God can heal you? God can restore your marriage? God can touch you? God can save your entire family, the ones that you've been praying for all your life? God can deliver them? God can do the impossible things. He can cancel this virus by a single word and it'll all be over. But sometimes, sometimes he doesn't do the miracle. And then when he doesn't do the miracle, the first thing that we want to know is why. We want an explanation. We just want to understand. Anytime someone rejects you, that's your first question. Well, why, why, why didn't I get approved for a mortgage? Why, why, why did you not want to go out with me? We want to know why. And so we think, we play out different scenarios in our head. Okay, well, maybe I didn't get my miracle because maybe it's not your timing, God. Are you mad at me, God? Did I do something wrong? Am I at a wrong, uh, did, did, I, did I make a wrong turn somewhere that, that hasn't allowed me to get this miracle? Do you have something better for me? Maybe that's it. And sometimes it's none of those things. Sometimes God just wants to produce faith in you. Sometimes God wants to build your character a little bit more. He wants to mature you a little bit more. And so he's going he's gonna to make you feel a little bit of pain so that you can get stronger. And so he won't do the miracle. And then you're going to ask again. And then he won't do the miracle again. And then you're going to ask again. And he might not do the miracle another time. And it's at that point where God has not done the miracle so many times where we are just left with nothing but either faith or faithlessness. And that's what I want to know where we're at today as a church. 
when we don't get the miracle, when we ask and, 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 and when other people are asking the question, well, if God is the God of all power, why can't he just do this? It was one week before Jesus went to the cross where people were in the streets and they were praising him because they thought that he was going to, they thought that he was going to restore Israel and he was going to be their, 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 their king on earth. And so he was going through the streets and, and, and what were people saying? They were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, which means uh, God saves, saves us. And so they were, they were happy with this Jesus because he, they thought that he was going to be the strong political figure that they needed after being oppressed for such a long time. But then Jesus didn't do that. Jesus didn't come to establish his earthly kingdom at that time. And, they, and he didn't do what they expected him to do. And so their faith turned into faithlessness. What will you do? That's my question this morning. What will you do when your miracle doesn't come? I believe that true revival, we've been talking about revival a lot. True revival emerges when Christ alone is the focal point. Just him. Just, just Jesus, just the Holy Spirit. Not Jesus with his blessings. Not Jesus with the miracles. You know why kids like Santa Claus so much? Because of, of what he represents to them. Because he represents what he can produce for them. Because, okay, if I just sit on this guy's lap, I can get some, something that I want. You take that away, think they're going to want to sit on that man's lap? And so... Revival happens when we seek not the hands of of God, but the face of God. And this is a season that I believe that we're currently in as a church where where we just need to seek God's face more. This needs to be a time where, where our priority as a church is not just to pray that this storm passes, but just to pray in the midst of the storm. Because I'll tell you something that I that has been weighing on on my spirit, and you know, the world is watching. The world is watching, and the world is watching the church. I mean, everywhere, the world is watching the church. And, and, and whether, whether you believe it or not, in America, we are getting an opportunity like there's not, like none other before. Like none other before. And so the church can either say, well, I'm not going to adapt to this. This is dumb. Or uh, I'm just going to complain. Or I'm just going to wait for this to be over. Or we can preach the gospel message. And we can preach... Jesus, the message cannot be related to the miracle that we want. The message has to be the miracle that is Jesus. He alone is the miracle. And this is a time where I believe salvation can happen. Salvation can happen all across this nation. And if you're watching this morning, I want you to believe that with me. I want you to believe that with me. And I want you to begin praying that over, over your loved ones who do not know Christ. This is an opportunity where I believe so many people are going to come to Christ. People are searching for answers. People are looking. I saw uh, several photos this week of, of, of the bookshelves where, where Bibles used to be and all, all the Bibles are sold out. Because people are looking for answers. The same thing happened after 9-11. Anytime there's a crisis, people look up. 
And so this is an opportunity for the church where we can see an awakening like never before, but we have to preach the gospel message. And I believe that we'll see people coming to Christ and, and the tragedy, even, even when people are getting sick, even when people are dying, even when people are losing their jobs and being lost, it will resemble that day that Jesus surrendered to the cross. This season may resemble that day when Jesus gave his life up and the miracle did not happen. Because on that day, Jesus surrendered to the cross. Jesus allowed the cross to defeat him in that moment. And right now, it seems like God is allowing, because we know that he is sovereign, God is allowing this to take place. But I want to remind someone, if you don't know, what happened after the cross was allowed to defeat Jesus. Jesus then defeated the grave. And so what if, what if there is no miracle of healing today? What if there is no miracle of healing today? But tomorrow there is a miracle of spiritual resurrection. What if there is no miracle of, of, of the economy being restored today But maybe tomorrow someone will find their hope and their provision and all that they need in Jesus Christ. What if there is no miracle today, but tomorrow's miracle is greater than the one that we had been asking for? Don't let the lack of your miracle distract you from the miracle that is Jesus. Because it is a miracle every day when I wake up and I can die to myself and come to life in the spirit because Jesus paid the way for me. And this is a message that people all across this nation need to hear. That God is doing something and he can do something in them. There is a, I, am, I am ready for the awakening. I am ready for the revival. We have been saying it. Every church has been saying it. Revival is coming. Revival is coming. And, and, and where is it? I believe it's going to happen after this. I believe the, the, the benches are going to be full. I, I believe that churches all across the nation are going to be full and they're going to hear the gospel message and they're going to come to Christ in a season when there was no miracle, in a season where there was no healing. Afterwards comes the defeat of the grave. And I want you to believe that with me this morning. And I want you to pray it with me. And I want you, I want us to just continue praying that God just stirs us up and that a revival happens all across this nation and that Jesus be glorified. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up and we're going to sing one song. And right there where you're at, right there where you're at, I want you to bow your heads. I want you to bow your heads with me and I want to pray. I want to pray over you. I want to pray over your home. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Right there where you're at, why don't you just extend your hand? Heavenly Father, we thank you, my God, for this word, Father. We thank you, my God, because sometimes we needed the reminder, Father God, that even though there might not be a miracle present, Lord, you are the miracle. And every day, my God, you are breathing new life in your people. Every day, my God, you are giving us renewed strength and renewed hope. My God, this is a world that, that, that 
There should not be any hope in this world, my God. Without you, we are doomed for death. And I pray, Father God, that we may be reminded that you are working. You are working in every season. And I pray, Father God, that you work in our spirits, that you call us closer to you, my God, that you stir us up, my God, in the way that that you want us to be, Father. And I pray for the world. I pray for those, my God, that, that need you, Jesus. I pray, Father God, that we may point all the glory to you, my God. Not the miracle that they want to see. Not the blessing that they want to see. Not the tragedy that they may want to see go away, my God, but you alone. We point all the glory to you. If you're here this morning, or if you're there this morning, and you have not received Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you are not walking with him. Maybe you know of him. Maybe you've stopped by church every now and then. Maybe you've been watching. I, I, I want to give you an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and begin to walk with him, begin to mature in him and in your faith. And if that's you this morning, I'm simply going to ask that you pray this prayer. Pray this prayer with me. And, and, and if you do pray that prayer, I want you to, I want you to message me. You can, you can find me on Facebook, John Ryan Canty. I want, you to, I, I want you just to send me a message and say, hey, I gave my life to the Lord today. Because when we have people here we, we receive salvations on a, on a regular basis, and we, man, we rejoice together. We want to rejoice with you. I want to know if you accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior today. And so if you're there and you want to make this commitment, you don't want to walk this world without the Holy Spirit any longer, I'm going to pray that you pray this prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you. Because you have seen past my sin. And you have restored me with your grace. I pray that this morning, my God, that your Holy Spirit may enter me. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Be in my spirit. Be in my home. I give my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.